This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Beautiful Thursday, July 16th, in the middle of Florida, Central Florida summer. We're going to be getting into a chapter of Bible here in a minute because this is morning breath and we are a drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. That works by reading a chapter a day and then spending some time with the Lord as you read the chapter. Ask God to speak to you. Is there anything in there that speaks to your heart or your life or something going on in your life? And uh, we do that on our own. Uh, in our, uh, I do it at my office. Pastor Dave, where do you do it? Usually... Um, on a run or somewhere where I can read it and then go do something to process it. I uh, gotcha. Yeah. And anyway, so do it anywhere like that that you'd like to do or anywhere in between. And then we meet down here at the radio st- kind of studio station here in, the, <laughs> in WMIE's uh, distant studio over here at the East Coast Merritt Island campus. And then we uh, talk about the chapter, talk about the Lord, wherever God leads us in the chapter, read it out loud, and then we have some fun doing that. And we want you to get involved. We want you reading your Bible. This is one way you can get in there and read your Bible. Pastor Dave's going to tell you how. This is Pastor Dave again, by the way. Everybody, let me introduce him to you. <laughs> if we Nick, could please get an applause track yes, at that moment. Yes, yeah. come on, hit it. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, there's one lone applauser. <laughs> I tell you what, the greatest applause goes for Jesus. Come on. And for us to take a next step with him, we got some great yeah. resources for you. Yeah. Uh, we got Morning Breath, like Pastor Ann's talking about. We got also, you know, the messages from our worship experience from the weekend, plus the ability for you to join community groups. All of this comes from two really good places. One, first be at our website at eccc.us. You can find all this information, including events we have going on. Also, you can have an app. And an app is a great way for your personal daily discipleship to be continuing going on and jumping into Morning Breath every day. Just get our app. Morning Breath is right on it. It could be right there. And I love to tell people this is one of the the few areas where you can actually know the pastors, get into the Word, hear the pastors talk about it. It's almost like having coffee with us and hearing our thoughts about a chapter and part of Scripture. So I want to encourage you, man, jump in, get use the technology our Savior has given us, and let's do this together. Absolutely. I have a cup of coffee. Do you? I do. I actually yeah. do. Nick, not do much left in it. No, I don't have any coffee. No, Nick doesn't have any coffee. I'm not, I'm not on this uh, this coffee trip with you guys. It's not it's ordained. Just... That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I get it then. This is coffee for the ordained. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. if you don't, if you're not like maybe tech savvy or it's not your thing, just call the church, 321-452-1060. We got stuff for you as well. That's right. We'll get you hooked up. We'll send you out a, a, a guide, and then you'll know which chapter we're in each and every day. Now, our guys are at camp. They're having a great time, man. Yep. Our youth camp is, is blazing. Absolutely. We got one more day. Is that right? Yep. Tonight, big final meeting, uh, a night of worship, a great, mm-hmm. great evening, and then they'll be heading home tomorrow afternoon, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's incredible camp. I'm so excited about it. Anyway, so let's. Uh, any there's really not a lot of announcements other than what you shared already. Facebook page. Yeah. If you want to know what's going on at East Coast, you know, check out our online weekend services. So They're here's out there. Here's one because oh. we talk about Moses turning 80 in the chapter. I turned 40 tomorrow. Are you serious? And I started thinking to myself when I read this, I was like, I was. Can I please have another applause track, Nick? No, what I'll, are you I'll doing? I'll actually give you a happy birthday track. <laughs> That'll start singing in the background. You okay. don't need to do that. But, yeah. I, you know, as we talked about, you know, Moses, so I was like, So what's the wow, date of your birthday? July 17th. Wow. Yeah, 1980. 
and I believe I believe your salvation year was 1980. Yeah, it was. And Very good. I was like, wow, Pastor Dan was born, and I was born again in the same year. So. Yeah, so and so you're July, so I got born again before you were born. You're still older than me. Six yeah. months. <laughs> my Christian life's six months older than you. Come that's on. pretty cool. Come on. So that means I'll be, I've been Christian for 40 years. 40 years. Oh, that's crazy. Yep. Throw it down, Moses. Right. Just don't throw me down. I'm yep. glad to be still be standing by the grace of God. Let every man stand, uh, take heed lest he fall. Because Jesus is the only one that can hold us up. Totally depend on you. So let's read this chapter. We're in chapter 7. Uh, 25 verses. There is a nice little break after 13, though. Okay. I'll read uh, 1 through 13 in the New King James. What are you going to read? I'm going to read uh, New Living Translation. New Living Translation, 14 through 24. Yes. Pastor Dan, then I say to you, read, sir. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you, so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people and the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. I, oh, excuse me, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Then Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded them, so they did. And Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves. Then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod, cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went in to Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn, and he still refuses to let the people go. So go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes down to the river. Stand on the bank of the Nile and meet him there. Be sure to take along the staff that turns into a snake. Then announce to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, let my people go, so they can worship me in the wilderness. Now, until... Until now, you have refused to listen to him. So this is what the Lord says. I will show you that I am the Lord. Look, I will strike the water of the Nile with this staff in my hand, and the river will turn to blood. The fish in it will die, and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink any water from the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron your staff and raise your hand over the waters of Egypt. All it is... All its rivers, canals, ponds, and all the reservoirs turn all the water to blood. Everywhere in Egypt, the water will turn to blood, even the water stored in wooden bowls and stone pots. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. As Pharaoh and all of his officials watched, Aaron raised his staff and struck the water of the Nile. Suddenly the whole river turned to blood. The fish in the river died, and the water became so foul that the Egyptians couldn't drink it. There was blood everywhere throughout the land of Egypt. But again, the magicians of Egypt used their magic, and they 
too, turned water into blood, so Pharaoh's heart remained hard. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. Pharaoh had returned to his palace and put the whole thing out of his mind. Then the Egyptians dug along the riverbank to find drinking water, for they couldn't drink the water from the Nile. Seven days passed from the time the Lord struck the Nile. Amen. I think it's interesting that New Living uses the Nile. Mine just says the river. And uh, it it does help you to kind of, you know— Think about this in more right. an Egyptian sense and keep you focused on, hey, this is in Egypt and this is the Nile, right. maybe one of the most famous rivers in the world. Um, you know, just that that helped me a little bit listening to it from the New Living. Um, you know, these guys, the Egyptians, the Egyptians, <laughs> the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. Do you have any idea what those guys' names were? Um, I I do not. I know they're in Scripture, though, and they are— I think they're in 2 Timothy. Let me see if I can find them real quick. Uh, talk about something else while I'm looking. It's Janries and Jamborees say, or something, something like, that. like that. It's Jan, Jan, Janice's Jamboree or something. I don't know how I remember that. Um, let me see. Three, I'm trying eight. to think of Prince of Egypt, the cartoon. And really? Trying to remember their Are they names. in there? I mean, it, they break. He breaks it down between Ramesses and this. I'm trying okay. to remember. Okay. Like, like, so it is Jannies and Jambres. Uh, now, as Jannies and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith. And so, uh, talking about Timothy, talking about some guys that he used an example. This example of Moses being resisted, and gives us their names. And so the only way we'd have any idea, some of these Egyptian magicians uh, or enchanters, sorcerers, are called all sorts of different things um, in in the Scripture here. These guys are throwing down their rods and they're becoming snakes. This is pretty wild stuff. I mean, this is like, I don't know, this isn't just like, wow, this is a common day at church or something, you know, uh, uh, there, there's some miraculous things, and this is the first miracle. Is the is the rod thing? Is the first miracle that kind of uh, Moses and and his brother Aaron showed to, you know, Pharaoh to say, "Hey, look, this is real." And uh, then it it goes to this thing of the river turning to blood, well, or the Nile, right? The Nile. I love that you brought up because I, I. Totally, that did, did not even come across my mind that the names were in the New Testament, and I love that that Paul would know the name of them, right? But when it comes to the actual fist fight that was going down, Aaron and Moses didn't acknowledge them mm. because it's like when we're in a spiritual battle, we need to know that we have an enemy, and whatever the enemy is that's in front of us or around us, it's got to bow to the name of Jesus, whatever its name is, mm. and that that. You know, the way we read from Paul in Ephesians 6, where he talks about his principalities, powers of dark natures, all right, in the, in the spiritual world, um, sometimes some Christians can get really wrapped up on, well, what type of spirit was that? Was that a spirit of lust or a spirit of pride? Doesn't matter. It was a defeated it, spirit. It's got to go. Yeah. And it's like, I love that you brought that out, Pastor Dan, that, you know, that they did have names. Yes. But the guys in the fight said, it ain't the name of our Savior, so it's going to bow. Wow. You know, another thing that's going on in this chapter, as you look at it here, when you look at, you know, bowing, I think that's really what's going mm. on here. Come on. Because it says uh, it, uh, when uh, 
So let me see. Verse 14, so the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refused to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out to the water. Yes. How, does it, how does that say it in verse 15 in the New Living? Um, oh, really, like really similar because that stood out to me about— As he goes about, yeah. out to the water. As he, yeah, so go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes down to the river. Down to the river. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, he's actually going down to the river to worship. Because the Nile was held in very high esteem. And when you look at these judgments that begin to happen against Egypt, you go uh, the, the blood, the frogs, all these things, they are all connected to deities associated with Egypt. And so the river, which flooded its <laughs> banks every year and fertilized you know, the, 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 the Egyptian delta, so to speak, made Egypt able to grow so much you know, uh, food for the world, the known world at that point. Th- that river was worshipped. And I believe he was—this is a confrontation between God— and the things worshipped by the nation of of Egypt. And this is a confrontation between the living God and these demon dead idol gods that are going on here. And so every one of these is a is a blow against this uh this worship of idols and Come things on. of that nature. And so God is judging not the people of Egypt. See, I think we get get this wrong when he says with great judgments I'll bring them out. We actually know that when they came out, there were a lot of Egyptians came with the Israelites. A lot of them, it says, with a mixed multitude of people, they came out of Egypt. A lot of Egyptians left Egypt after this. People who, I think, acknowledged and saw that it was the gods of Egypt that were judged as weak and foolish and broken and and not powerful, and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in this case, we get to find out in in chapter 6, he calls himself Jehovah or Yahweh or the name. There's a lot of ways we can look at it. He moves from El Shaddai, the Almighty God, to Jehovah, the the name above all names. And it's a precursor of Jesus and all that. But this is a confrontation between gods and a lot of Egyptians uh, moved towards the real God right. because they saw this. And uh, Pharaoh ended up getting drowned in the, in the, in the Red Sea, so he, did, he didn't move in that direction. But anyway, moving right along. <laughs> I lo- I, man, I never heard that, that the Egyptians went. That is so—because I started thinking about my salvation and, yeah. and my leaving of Egypt. Come on, and me how too. I had, I had friends that— you know, they were half staying in the world and half wanting to see where we were, where I was going, where this God thing was yes. panning out. And man, that's super powerful. I might be sending some texts and some phone calls after the <laughs> after the our time here today. Man, what really jumped out to me though, too. One thing we won't unpack this first, but let you guys kind of think about. No, I couldn't get past the um, God saying in the beginning that He would harden Pharaoh's heart. That kind of uh, when I was on my run, and sure. we we have this, and I I like to call it, keep in mind, um, I am being still have reverence for the name of Jesus, but I think we have a hallmark Jesus, our buddy the Elf Jesus, that sometimes can be in our minds and not a God and Savior that is 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 doing something bigger, and and kind of a picture of this too. I want to talk about now is doing something bigger than our comfort zone. He actually says the line is that so my people can worship me in the wilderness, and not so my people after being delivered can worship me in the promised land. 
You see, so often we're like, oh, you know, when I have the breakthrough, everything's going to be milk and honey. And I'm using super Christianese right now in biblical terms. Or everything's going to be easy once I have the breakthrough. Well, you might get the breakthrough and wind up in an area of character development, of personal development, of spiritual development. You might end up in a, in a wilderness. Freedom is powerful and amazing, but you might wind up getting freed into a wilderness environment, all right? And not to be scared by that because as people, we have put a, a, a definition of safe or good as comfortable, and that's what's dangerous because God does not view the, the, the good or achieving as the same as comfort. Um, he's definitely the God of your character over the God of your comfort. So you might have breakthrough and then go into a different challenge. That's exactly what would happen with Egypt. That's exactly what happens with us. But when you have that breakthrough, you have to understand and we have to trust God that he is leading this. And then it's leading to that promised land. It's leading to that place where you could look at your family and look at the situation and have total peace and rest in what God's doing. Yeah, and you know, this is, it's it's a microcosm. This story is a microcosm that is actually going on and a, 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 a macrocosm. So what I'm saying here is that you actually see Moses and Aaron come and talk to Pharaoh and things actually get worse for the Israelites in that moment. But it's a picture very often of how it works on, on the big picture as well. They were going to have to travel from Egypt to Canaan. They were going to go through being lost in the wilderness and then fighting with, the, you know, every ite, you know, right. that ever. The Amorites, Hittites. Uptites, Abcites, <laughs> Cellulites, Jebusites, all those guys. They were gonna. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, poof, you're in the promised land. Right. It's like you know, yeah, you're gonna have to go to the promised land, but you're gonna have to fight to get it. Yep. You're gonna have to fight first and foremost, doubt and unbelief and worship of idols and wanting to go back to Egypt and all of that stuff. And so that whole generation passed away. This was a big deal, and it took longer to get Egypt out of Israel Come than on. it took to get Israel out of Egypt. Come on. And so I, I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, that's, it took, it was a process. And I have to admit that my salvation was, was boom, but my uh, <laughs> sanctification, right. to use a real Christian word, or my, my becoming more and more like Jesus has been a long process. And, you know, some days I've taken backward steps from that. Some days I've gone the wrong direction. And so it's not like instant, I'm, everything's okay, I'm there, I'm on it. And uh, that is fairy tale Christianity. And I call it the white horse syndrome. Come on. You know, where Jesus is going to come in with a white horse and, and save everything. I can think of a couple examples going on right now. We have a dear friend who's in the hospital. And uh, we've been praying and believing God for him. And... Uh, He's, you know, had a couple of surgeries and, you know, then things didn't work out good and all that. Guess what? We're believing and we're seeing healing each step of the way. Come on. But it's still a battle. Mm -hmm. You know, Christianity is not battle less. There are battles to get to where you're called to be and get to who you're called to be. And, you know, we cannot allow our hearts to, like I said, like we talked about before, the 
the battle's real. The comfort zone is a, a huge distraction for us because look at God's uh, motive here. There's actually a scene from the very first Avengers that I love, I love, I love, I love. Um, it's between Captain America and Iron Man, and they're going to go fight. They're going to go fight Thor in this moment. They didn't know he's a good guy. Um, so Captain America goes, we need a plan of attack. And Iron Man goes, I have a plan. Attack. <laughs> and, and um and it's like it's like when it came go time and it came time to get real god's like i have a plan attack like let's go to pharaoh let's go to pharaoh by the water let's go to pharaoh in the palace you when you have sin in your life you need to attack it don't wait for sin mm. don't wait for just the, the comfortable moment for for you to be able to go and say nope this is a problem i need to talk to a pastor i need to talk to a friend i need to get help my plan on sin is to attack is to get it out don't wait for oh when i finally pay that credit card off then i'll quit smudging the numbers on my taxes no Trust God enough that he's bigger. You are you are engaging mm. in that activity because you lack in trust of God for deliverance. Right? That's right. So you know, many times uh what happens is when you when you give that thing up that you're depending on here's here's the reality. And we use the example of what David said with your taxes. When you're smudge smudge it on your taxes so that you can pay your bills or or do whatever it is, what you're doing there is you're saying, I do not trust God. So I've got to smudge my taxes to get a little bit more money so that I can pay my bills. And what you do is you're sabotaging your deliverance. You're sabotaging uh, all you in many cases what I've seen happen in Christians' lives is they give up that thing they've been trusting in, and we're using a silly example or a stupid example, or maybe your example, I don't know out there, but smudging your taxes, when you say, no, I'm going to do it God's way, miracles begin to happen. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, you know, Pastor Dan, I heard you talk about that tithing for years and years, and then finally we did it, and you know what happened? We... I got we got a surprise check here and a surprise raise here and a surprise promotion over here and surprise well, you know you you are basically tying God's hands financially Come on. by trying to do it yourself when you depend on yourself you are you are limiting your financial world to yourself you know unless you're you know one of those ads where you know Bill Johnson, not Bill Johnson, bad name. Fred Smith, he uh, he he invested twelve dollars in the stock market, and made forty million right. in two years. Follow my method, and you want to try that? Try that. But I'm here today to tell you, if you really want to be free financially, do it God's Come way. On. And when you hang on to that stuff, whether it's a broken area or a sinful area, and a lot of it's based on fear and mistrust and you're putting your trust in something else, it's real easy to see in the financial area and harder to see maybe in a relational area or maybe even, you know, there's a lot of things going on there. But, man, give it to God and get on board with what God's got to say. And I love that he didn't do this alone. Huh. Like, he didn't say to Pharaoh. He gave he gave him his older brother that to go there. Oh, yeah, his I like older it, too. And he didn't just leave Pharaoh. He's like, hey, go take that staff again. And I don't think he—I he, think he took the staff for two reasons. One, to show Pharaoh that, hey, what beat you before is about to beat you again. But also so Aaron and and Moses can have something tangible to be like, okay, we've got this with us. You know, we've, we've got yeah, the bazooka. Um, the bazooka but, of God. <laughs> exactly. 
likely. But keep in mind, the most important thing over the staff is that two brothers were walking together. And if you're going to do this journey, whether it's calling out sin or stepping out in faith, don't do it by yourself. The Lone Ranger Christianity is a broken mindset. Get a brother to go with you. Absolutely. And, you know, when you when you look at these two brothers, they might not be who you or I would pick, David. Mm-mm. It says that Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old mm-hmm. when they spoke to Pharaoh. When we uh, th- Today, in the day and age we live in, when we scan the crowd very often, we overlook the very young mm-hmm. and the very old. Wow. And I'm not here today to say 80 is very old. But when God scans a crowd, he does not overlook you. Come on. No matter who you are or where you're at. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a minute. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Hey everyone, this is Chris Johnson, and I wanted to share some exciting news with our Morning Breath family. My friend Mike Green and I had the honor of writing and producing our first EP called Moments Matter. Mike, a local business owner and Morning Breath supporter, along with myself, have been a part of East Coast Christian Center and Morning Breath together for almost two decades. And so we wanted to let you in on a preview of the music and to let you know that Moments Matter, our first single from the EP, is out now. You can buy, stream, or share it now on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere music is sold, or check out willingheartmusic.com. We pray these songs will inspire you to make the most of every moment God gives you. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Hey, everybody, in closing the program today, I'm going to use verse 5. It says, the Egyptians, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And I think what we miss in all this, and there's a lot of judgment, a lot of pain, a lot of stuff going on, and hearts hardening and getting harder and all that stuff. But we've got to see the purpose and plan of God to set people free 
to, to get his people. Remember, these people are holding people in slavery by the millions. And he's trying to get the slave out of the slavery. But he also wants the Egyptians to know that he's the Lord. And when the Egyptians know that he's the Lord, what happened when I, you found out mm-hmm. that he was the Lord? I found out he was the Lord. It changed my life. Come on. And we do know that Scripture tells us, just over in chapter 12, I think it is. Let me just um, give a quick preview here of what's coming. Uh, 11, 12. Yeah, in verse 38, it said, A mixed multitude went up with them also, and flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock. And so we had this multitude of people. Can you imagine all the other slaves that were in Egypt? You might have had a, you know, a person from here, there, and everywhere. They all moved towards the Israelites and away from the Egyptians. And then a bunch of Egyptians joined them, and they left too. And they left with all the money, too, of the land of Egypt, which is pretty cool. God really did a great job here. We're going to have to go. See you guys. Have a great day. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.